Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another exciting metallic edition of Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your Lodgemaster. With me, as always, is Brother Bishki. Rock and roll. And Brother Lucas. Uh, <laughs> Just took a giant <laughs> toke in a Santa hat. Brother Lucas is here, trust me. I'm here. <laughs> Love and light. And tonight, we have the... Perfect guest for this subject matter. You know him. You love him. You're afraid of his metal voice. It's Brother Dave. Death to false metal. Welcome back, sir. Tonight's movie is Sound of Metal. Not the Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal. And it's an Amazon Studios joint. So I don't know what that conjures for everybody, if that even has a flavor to it yet, but that's that's it, what it is. It has a flavor, and I will be the first to admit it's a good flavor. It's a prestige flavor. It, mm. it, go, it dates back to Manchester by the Sea, I think. Yes. Okay. Which was like a very literary feeling, like adult drama. And I feel Amazon, you know, they they release like, you know, Honey Boy was one of their releases. Um, there's a couple other ones I'm spacing on, but I feel like they truly are looking for Neon Demon. Yeah. The art house, like like whatever the U.S. competition is at the Cannes Film Festival, like that's what they're looking for. So it's prestige. And that's great to hear because. We are smack dab in the middle of prestige season, folks. This is huge prestige. Brother Zach was supposed to be on tonight because he is synonymous with prestige. Where you at, Brother Zach? Where you at? He had more prestigious things to do. He pulled the ripcord. So we're going to try to find him some rather dubious prestige to uh, <laughs> to punish him in the future. Mm-hmm. But let's get to this movie directed by Darius Martyr. I think it's his second film. Riz Ahmed plays Ruben. Olivia Cook plays his girlfriend, manager, bandmate, Lou. And Ruben's a drummer who is rapidly losing his hearing. And that's basically what we're dealing with. That's basically that's basically the movie. So, you know, we, we start and we see him, you know, getting ready to, to do a performance. It's kind of grainy and gritty. And we've seen Riz in all these other roles, but now he's like shredded. He's got all these tattoos that are perhaps a little too edgy. There's like a little whiff of Pete Davidson cosplay. It says like, please kill me on his chest and scumbag on his stomach. Well, well you know what it is? It's uh, the Ryan Gosling uh, character from The Place Beyond the Pines. Which, yes. Which yeah. Derek, De- uh, uh, Derek Sanfrance directed, but but... Uh, Darius Marauder like co-wrote and edited I think like he's part he's part of the same like film company yeah I I definitely was like this has a place beyond the pines feel and then I 
checked myself and I'm like, you idiot. That's just because this is a rocker guy with bleach blonde hair and tattoos, you know, like, like that's so stupid. But then I looked into it and yeah, they're checks all out. in bed together. <laughs> yeah. It checks out. It's like the same cinematic New Jersey universe, like upstate New York universe. <laughs> the, the bleach blonde hair is an interesting carryover. Yeah, yeah, I I wonder where that comes from. Like, is that is that like some pop, uh, like Eminem, Marilyn Monroe, like peroxide, like <laughs> iconism, iconoclasticism? <laughs> it's. I think it's all those things. <laughs> all auteurs have their fixations, and Darius is just into bleach blonde, inked up dudes. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I guess so. <sighs> So I love that their band, it's like a two-piece band. It's, and Olivia Cook's eyebrows are bleached blonde, right? I didn't right? know that was like, her at first. I, 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 I didn't know that was her till she came back later. Yeah, she has bleached blonde eyebrows. She's from Ready Player Run, right? It's the same gal, right? Yeah, yeah. She was, okay, the, okay, Ready, she was okay. the main gal in Ready Player One, yes. And their band, I love this, their band is called Black Gammon. <laughs> Black Gammon. So metal. And I also loved... How gleefully, quote unquote, inaccessible they make the music that they play. Oh, it's like lightning bolt. Like it is it is like ambient noise, like like Mogwai, like just static distortion. Fuck you in your face. Vibrations. Brother Dave, how would you classify this genre of music? Sludgecore? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not big on like once you get into subgenre classification, it, it, it things lose me because I have a friend who's like, no, that's uh, that's not grindcore, that's metalcore, or that's that's two step noisecore, yeah, mathcore, and I'm like, it's house, me, man, it's not trance. You know, I stop, <laughs> my brain stops processing after core, you know, but uh. Th- I guess the closest thing that that sounded to me was like maybe experimental doom metal or like noise rock, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. To me, it would fit like a category like that. There's a band called Sun that it kind of reminds me of, except Sun is more droney. Part of the issue, too, is that we are hearing this music mainly through Ruben's hearing point of view. So it's like distorted on top of distorted. It sounds kind of how they usually make deaf sound design it's very bass heavy and it's it's so immersive like my 11.2 surround sound setup was the perfect system to hear this on because there's two subwoofers and it just crunches your stomach it's so nauseating i have one subwoofer and a soundbar and i have to i had to like monitor i had to like mix i had to like turn (laughs) i had to turn the the live music shows down always like always and then like because your neighbor the the very next scene yeah because i have a i have thin walls like they're not insulated and so then i would have to turn up the next scene when they were just talking and i was like fuck and the whole movie i was doing that like well and the whole movie's in and out of that kind of style of sound because we're we're checking in on how he's hearing the world and it is claustrophobic and intense yeah no it's it's a solid aesthetic uh directorial edit editorial choice where where yeah you go from ambient like room tone like he's beating the drum she's screaming into a microphone playing the guitar to the very next scene where you're like wait a minute did something happen to my speaker like i'm not hearing anything (laughs) and you're like turning it up you're turning it up and then you start to hear something and you're like okay it's meant to be that quiet 
and and that's a choice and it, and it really does get under your skin like it makes it uh palpable and relatable how many times did you guys try to clear out your ears and like <laughs> yawn to try to like open them up more during it i was like constantly i was i was trying to like stop the impulse to take my finger up to my ear and like try to clean it out. I was going to ask how many times did you guys cry? Cause I cried like three times, like three different oh, times. Wow. <laughs> oh, look at this hothead getting all <laughs> tender for prestige season. The waterworks. Wow. Yeah. So Bishki, what were you feeling during, during the early going of this? Um, I thought he's, he lost his hearing kind of quick. I mean, for a movie called the sound of metal and for a movie that's supposed <laughs> to be metal, he loses his hearing, and that's the end of metal. Like probably fifteen. He, he minutes loses in. it really quick. He probably loses fifteen it minutes in. And, sound of silence. And for what I was yeah. sold with the poster, I didn't. I don't even think I watched the trailer for this. I just got the poster and the name. And you know, we're bringing on Brother Dave. We want some metal. <laughs> what do you think, Dave? I mean, metal fades out pretty quick, and we don't get no more metal. Being a metal fan, that's frustrating. It does feel like a bit of a bait and switch. Yeah, but you know the. the I think later on in the movie, there's a scene between Ruben and a and a, another character where the metal is more literal than the, a genre of music. He's literally communicating through vibrations in a metal s- slide on a playground with with a child. And I don't know if that's the clever reference that the title is trying to make. Um, yeah, that, that the metal the, is the friends you meet along the way. Yeah, it always is. But, <laughs> The first 20 minutes or whatever, as Ruben is realizing what's happening, it plays almost like a horror movie. 100%. But a relatable one. Like, uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I was like in middle school and started going to concerts for the first time, I had that experience where might have been like an Iron Maiden show or something that I went to. And I came home and everything was normal. I went to sleep and the next morning I woke up and I yep. had tinnitus, like serious tinnitus. And I, I was scared shitless and then yeah. went to school and it was going on through school. It might have even lasted like two days. And I was Whoa. like, oh my God. And you don't know if it's coming back. Yeah. I, I, just, think I didn't know to expect it, you know, and it scared the shit out of me. And so this movie brings those feelings back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can see that because the, the, yeah, the movie very much is like visceral in the sound design and like it definitely makes like if you've never been to a show like it definitely gives you the experience of like being at one even if it's brief or or flourishing and then to hear his tinnitus or to then go into his pov like sporadically like not not consistently thank god otherwise you would be like exhausted but like even just the moments you go into it yeah, it really gives you those moments that Brother Dave is talking about. Because, like, yeah, whoever's had tonight is like, I think we've all had, like, a tone or two that we lose. And it's like, oof, like, it's just a bad vibes. Combined with the fact that when we were probably at our height of going to concerts, it was such a nerdy thing to wear any sort of ear protection. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. fuck you. What? You don't want to hear this music raw? Like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? So now I think it's a lot more acceptable like wearing a helmet with a bike, you know, it's just like, who gives a shit? I would totally, yeah, because I, I went to punk shows my freshman year of high school and I would totally today wear earplugs 100% yeah. because you can still hear it and feel it, but it's so much safer because like I've had friends who like have gone to shows like Brother Dave was saying and the next morning or, or, or days later, they're not listening to music. They're just like in a quiet place 
and their eardrum will just explode and like blood will be like gushing out of their ear. And it's like, really? yeah, man, like it just fucking died. My ear, my eardrum finally caved uh, out. And I'm like, uh, what? Like, and I would but always I had think some great times with it. It was like scanners or something. I was always like waiting for it to happen with me. Like, what the fuck? Like your eardrum could just pop days later. Like, no, thank you. Like, absolutely no, thank you. Well, man, that that Tame Impala show was worth it. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up scanners because I wrote down <laughs> that for me, this was far scarier in the body horror department than even Possessor was. Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. And if one of the Cronenbergs ever wanted to tackle hearing loss, like, holy shit, <laughs> like that would be that would be a fucking horror movie. But Definitely. yeah, it. It really puts you there, and I, I'm just like that was my main thought. I'm just like I got to protect my fucking hearing, Jesus, this because is it's terrifying. A, it's a double, it's a double bladed sword, and and it's not just like the physiological, like losing your hearing. It's also like the existential identity crisis and the emotional involvement, like connected to like your 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 self construct of who you like think you are and like of what, course. what your life is and like what brings you happiness and and your routine right like you have a routine like you wake up every morning you make like these little health milkshake smoothies and you you know you have this thing and it's like once that changes with trauma it's yeah. like it's so hard to like accept the new you or the current situation you're, you're always desperately trying to get back into the womb and like get back yes. to, the, to the old familiar and when you can't it gets even worse and it's like jacob's ladder i kept thinking about jacob's ladder too where it's like the the demons tearing at your soul are really angels trying to take you away you just have to like let go you know like you're dead yeah we have this dark looming um past she's maybe a cutter she's got her wrists all cut up at one point uh and so we know that there when he goes down she might go down and and that's when we move on from the metal part of the plot into uh <laughs> what lodge master will describe all of this terror that we're talking about is perfectly encapsulated on Ruben's face when he's standing in the shower, realizing that his hearing's gone. Like what, I don't know what he had to do to get that facial expression on, but that's the movie right there. That's the, oh shit, everything's the the, different The now. director was probably coaching him off camera. It was like one of those old school like takes that he was just talking <laughs> him through and then they just yeah. dubbed over it, you know, like. You're yeah, thinking about yeah. this. You're thinking about that. Like, think about the last time she said, I love you. That's the last time you're ever going to hear it. <laughs> so after a bunch of, uh, after a bunch of explosive possible Oscar clip fighting, he ends up at this deaf halfway house for recovering addicts out in the middle of the woods. And he starts going to the school to, at least at first, begrudgingly learn about, you know, sign language and deaf culture. And then we see him getting more and more into it. And it's just kind of a slice of life character study of him just chilling out and learning how to accept being deaf. Coming to terms. Yeah, it's like Rocky without the title fight. Like if Rocky That's just was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to be a boxer. And it's like, you're never going to be a boxer. And it's like, but I, I want to be like, I could yeah. been, you know, like, damn. Yeah, Apollo Creed was hearing loss. So <laughs> I was wondering, now it's not a conventional film. There's not really a plot. 
You know, like, were you guys missing like any meat and potatoes during the brunt of this movie or were you just chilling with him? Uh, 45 minutes in, we, we get into rehab and I'm a little worried because <laughs> I'm like, we're, we ain't going back to metal anytime soon. <laughs> Bishki craves, oh, craves I love metal. it. I love it. He craves and, black uh, gammon. I agree. Yeah, and black gammon ain't coming back together. We are in, <laughs> we are in rehab. And I was like, we might be in rehab the rest of the movie. I didn't know. Uh, oh, he go- he goes on a computer, a communal computer, and sees that his girlfriend is in Paris, and she's replaced him with a bunch of pedals, and she's doing a p- a pedal show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's fucking Johnny Greenwood all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so Bishki, you weren't feeling you were you weren't ready to just chill at this uh, rehab center. I mean, we'll get into it, but I mean, get you know, into how, it. How interesting is rehab? I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I, it's deaf rehab. No, I know. Well, when I like when the was the last time you ASL, saw that? Hashtag ASL. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I ASL. I like that. You know, I I like. Um, that he's kind of learning, finding his way, but it's like, I don't know. At some point, I was like, I just want him to relapse or something because we got to get out of this rehab, man. Like, I don't know. Here's what I, <laughs> I, I totally get where you're coming from, Brother Bishki. You know, I I feel like it walks a very fine line of schmaltiness and overly earnest Sundancey like issue of the week. You know, like, yeah, kind of story, but. I do believe that like the supporting actor who plays the head of the deaf community is yes. so lived in and so authentic mm-hmm. and so that, real. He brings this like badass groundedness to it. And Riz is also uh, incredible. So like watching these actors play off each other makes it compelling enough, in my opinion, that it, it never got totally like too bogged down. Although, you know, it, it threatened to at times, but I feel like it just stayed afloat long enough. I thought those two together were more compelling than him and his girlfriend. Yeah. Like I didn't give a fuck about him getting back together with his girlfriend, but that the movie seems to think that that's, that's what we need to do. I thought she was really good. I've never seen her in anything. I don't think. And I was pretty taken with her and I thought their relationship early on was very sweet. And uh, I did want them to get that. But then together. she replaced him with pedals. She replaced him with pedals. So I'm like, hey, listen, man. Dude. You got to focus not, on your priorities. Not, not only did she replace him with pedals, but like when he sees her later perform like in France with his implants, like it's so brutal. Like it's so painful because like it's a beautiful song that he's listening to. But because it's filtered through these implants, it's like distorted empire strikes back probe droid on hoth like like lucas and his stoned guru wisdom has zoomed us way forward in the plot so let me work on how to catch us up he sells all his shit to get these implants that he assumes are going to be a quick fix, which we all know there's no quick fix with this kind Dude, of shit. You know Everybody's telling like him a slap in the face coming up. You mm-hmm. know it's like the Chekhov's gun. The dude at the recovery house tells him, you know, we focus on acceptance here. We don't focus on fixing it because we Being don't think we need to be fixed. It's not a handicap. Yeah. And we remind ourselves of that every day. But he goes ahead, he gets the surgery. And 
she tur- <laughs> the doctor turns it on and it's such a heartbreaking scene because you know i can mildly relate to this when i'm like really excited about a new like video game system or something and then <laughs> it comes out and it's just not <laughs> the processing power is not living up to the hype and you just see on his face and you hear what he's hearing and it you know speaking of metal it's very metallic it's like very tinny and he's just like he's just like oh it's not good he's like it's not good it's not and she, it's and not she keeps good. switching the settings on him and each setting is like a <laughs> new version of horrible more garbled, Hor- it's like, differently horrible how about no how about no? How about no it's like a lateral horrible pass yeah and but that's his life now and he's got these big like I've looked into it too and a lot of people are in the deaf community are upset because they're like that is like ancient hardware <laughs> I was wondering, like, so, is the, he's is like Blade Runner, and just like these like clamps, he's got like these big wires coming out of his head. Is the implant oh. technology that bad? I mean, I don't know. I just don't. No, know. They're, they're like that is ancient. From what I've read, just yeah. in comments, they're like that is ancient technology. It would not be like that. But anyway, he goes to Paris, uh. tracks down tracks down Lou. She's staying with her dad, and they reunite, and things just. Things just ain't what they used to be. You know, she's she's moved out of the gutter noise punk scene and now she's a highfalutin society woman. <laughs> so I guess that's part of the point of the movie is that, you know, you have to accept when things aren't what you expect them to be. But, you know, I was perfectly fine with him back in the rehab farm. So all of the Paris stuff was just like a denouement to me. But what do you guys think of the Paris section? I was like, how do you get the money to go to Paris? This guy's got no money. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just predictable that he's going to rip off his implants and and probably return to the... The silent life? Halfway house in Missouri with the with the... ASL community, but I mean, it doesn't go that far. Thankfully, they keep it a little more open by the end. But um, you know, of him, like but you know, that's the moral. The moral of the story the is, yeah, he's looking accept at accept it. He's looking at kids running around, and he rips off his implants, and and he's just kind of coming to terms with his 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 deafness. Um, but I I just found it pretty predictable, and that's how it was going to turn out in terms of. The script. I don't know. Yeah, it's like loaded dice. It did do a pretty good job of planting the question in my head of like, would you rather if you ha- if you had to choose, be com- completely deaf or have this shitty flawed <laughs> hearing, eight eight bit metallic <laughs> Nintendo sound? It's certainly a relief when he takes it out. You're like, ah, oh. like you you can just sigh and breathe a relief because they don't do have a to great job of that. Yeah. Props to this movie, obviously, because of the subject matter, it opens us up. But, you know, so many movies don't take as much advantage of sound design. And this movie, just, it's incredible as far as It's all sound design. Yeah. But it looked good, too. So it looked like Place Beyond the Pines. So, Lucas, what points were you (laughs) crying? When did you openly weep? Yeah, all three. What? Gosh, I feel like, yeah, it was... uh... 
I, I can't get the chronology right because what's interesting doesn't is like, matter. Well, but what's interesting is like their jump cuts. Like the movie just cuts, 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 cuts. But between certain scenes, the jump cut spans like weeks or months or like even a yeah. year in some cases. So you have to like really be focused. Otherwise, you might be confused as to like how much time has elapsed. And really, what you don't understand sure. is like a lot of time spans. I think the story from start to finish. But like the first time I cried was like when uh, he like, yeah, like got the implants and 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 like it's not a good sound because like, you know, it's going to be like metallic and like tinny and glitchy. And it's like, oh, man. And then like the second scene was when he goes back to he sells his RV to get the implants and they're, they're bad. But he goes back to the halfway house and is like, I, I need to you know, borrow money from you to get my RV back. And his mentor is like, nah, man, like you got to get out of here. Like there's other people here. Like you're gone. Like he breaks up with them. And it's like, <laughs> Lucas this, is it's like, si Lucas is like, pretending to sign that statement it, with it, his hand. <laughs> it's like the saddest scene ever. And then like, the it third, is very sad. And then, and then like the third scene, it, it was twofold. It was when he gets to Paris and he like watches his ex-girlfriend perform this beautiful, like duet with her father at the piano singing in French. And it's a truly beautiful song. And at the very end of the song, it just, cuts to his hearing and it's like glitched glitch 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 it's like and nasty and it's yeah. the nastiest sound you've ever heard and then like the next scene he's like in bed with her complimenting her and he's like wow your songs sound amazing and she was like really like you think so and he was like yeah you were totally feeling it and he's like they're like trying to get back to this place where they were like together and it's like not the same. And the and place he like, doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. And he's like, Hey, it's okay. Like we don't have to like do this or whatever. And it's like, Oh, like he's like breaking up with her, but not really. Like, it's just, it's just like super, super sad. Like he's giving her, he's giving her an out. The dream of black gammon is over. Yeah. Um, well, Lucas, thank you for sharing your tender thoughts and feelings with us. We need to come up with a new salad dragon type uh, classification for when Lucas cries. It's, it's, I want to, I want to, I want to call it the Patrick Swayze ghost, you know, seeing you can take it with you, Molly. Like it's beautiful. You know, it's like makes you cry, you know, cause it's so beautiful. Lucas's ghost moments. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of salad dragons, this isn't the kind of movie that like just presents a salad dragon for you to feast on, no. but there was one, little scene where I was like, hmm, this is borderline salad dragon. When Ruben befriends uh, this young woman at the halfway house yeah. and out of nowhere, yeah. they're just sitting on a bed and he's drawing a naked woman and they're discussing how much pubic hair to give the drawing. I was yes, like, yes. It turns out they're talking about a tattoo she's commissioning from him that she wants on, on her shoulder, but like out of context with that jump cut style of the editing, yeah. you're just watching two characters uh, discuss pubic hair. It's great. And then we, and then we see it huge on her shoulder <laughs> later. Yeah. yeah. Tasteful. <laughs> Tasteful. Just Pete Davidson tattooing in this movie. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> also, before I forget just a little tidbit, which I found interesting I believe that the the actor who plays um, the head of the halfway house, he's m mainly a TV actor, and mm -hmm. I be I believe he is in a Black Sabbath tribute band in Los Angeles that uses sign language. Oh wow. shit! We gotta wow. look into this more, but I, I believe I saw a tweet about that today. So he sings while he signs. 
I guess so, or maybe he wow. just signs and doesn't sing. I, I, okay. I'm not sure how it works, but um, we'll go see them. Either way, that sounds great. Yeah, we got to look into it. We'll look into it, but in the meantime, let's go to them metal bones. Bishki's nice and gloomy. I think I know where Brother Dave's going to go. Let's start with uh, the resident softy, Brother Lucas. What are, you, what are you doing with this one? Um, yeah, I I was putting this off for a while because <laughs> I've been really sad this year, 2020. It's been a rough year for all of us. And yep. it's just like I want to stay focused on laughing and comedies and like family films and like Disney Plus. <laughs> like just give me Ewok Adventure and, and Boogity Boo like in my veins because <laughs> it's a dark world out there like right now. Um, so I watch honestly, I watched this today matinee like 1230 p.m. Uh, it had to be daytime because if it was nighttime, like I just couldn't handle it. And yeah, yeah. like I caught feels like it's it's loaded dice. Like the the emotion is heavy. <laughs> Riz Ahmed is unnerving and committed and intense and deserves to be nominated. And there's like this great joke in the beginning when they're driving this Winnebago and, and he's like, yeah, people say I look like Jeff Goldblum. And I was like, oh, my God, like he does look like <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Like it's so funny. You can't unsee it. Funny, yeah. Um, too real. Uh, hashtag too real. But <laughs> but that being said, like I'm still like a, a video hound uh, movie retriever, Uh-oh. like like Old Testament, Uh-oh. like mm-hmm. like Here we go. guide. And so this is a one and a half bone movie. However, oh Jesus Christ. However, however, <laughs> Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook and Matthew Armanac, like you should and, see and, Brother and, Dave right and, now. And this everyone is blowing and, up. And, and, and everyone involved, like <laughs> brings such like their best A game to the table oh, and leave nothing yeah. on the field. It's it's sure. I, I have to give it an extra bone. It's two and a half bones. I think they leave everything on the field. So how many bones? Two and a half. Two and a half bones. Okay. Whew. That was that was a roller coaster ride. You got us in our feels. Hashtag too real. Okay. So oh whew. let's go over to Brother Bishki. Do what you gotta do. You sense I'm a little bit of a grump. I'm a little bit of a scrooge. <laughs> In this holiday season, <laughs> you're the um, Iceman. You're the you're the you're Frosty. You're Frosty the Snowman. In the final Too analysis, frosty. yeah, I did not cry once. In the final analysis, <laughs> in the final analysis, the prestige me, tier watch. Let, let me begin with a quote from the French philosopher Blaise Pascal: "All, All of right. humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone." <laughs> mm. While this might be true. It does not make for interesting cinema with a man sitting alone quietly in a room. And that's what we get once this movie gets past the metal point and we're in rehab. Oh. And, you know, he's sitting there writing down his thoughts and feels in a room, yeah. which is supposed to be. It's very meditative. But I just don't feel it in terms of a cinematic storytelling. I just I was right. really losing it at that point, especially since I thought the movie was stuck there. Um, for the rest, I, I just didn't know, you know, where it was going. If I were to yeah. do the movie, I'd have it a slow descent in the metal thing, a little more enjoyable metal up, you know, for the maybe the, at least the first half hour, you know. But then, a did sl- you want to hear more of that black gammon music? Yes, 
And I wanted, <laughs> because you don't get the joy that it was given him. I mean, you do a little bit, but you don't, and you get a, a little bit with Olivia Cook and their relationship, but it fades out really fast. His hearing just, yeah. boom, it's gone. And then it's implant time. Like, I got to get my implants. And then he's in rehab. And then I would have, you know, maybe a relapse into his drug addiction. I'm not um, an expert, but I would like to see him hit rock bottom. And then, okay. and then go to rehab. And then don't go to Paris. That's right. just my reworking. But fine performances. Riz is great. He's going to get nominated. Hell, he might even win. Very, I think, very good direction. It was mostly with a script that I had problems with. I found it pretty predictable and sometimes boring. But mm. I'm, I'm going to give it the best Oscar for sound mixing. Absolutely yeah. insanely good sound mixing. And I'm going to give it two bones. Two bones from the Scrooge. Ah. All right, Brother Dave, let's shine some love and light into this uh, dank and dirty basement metal show. Okay. I'm not going to judge Brother Bishke for his hot take on the movie because I don't necessarily disagree with most of what he said. I will judge Lucas, not for his tears. (laughs) I will not begrudge a grown man tears during cinema. However, his rationale for a two and a half bone review of a movie that made him weep thrice. Right. Yeah. Lucas has pulled his Santa hat over his face. <laughs> Look, I, I'm fairly certain that Lucas got more from this film than I did, but I'm going to give it more bones because <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. That's, what happens. That's um, what happens. Yeah. I mean, all these criticisms are valid. But, you know, I'm I'm focusing on the strengths, which I, I thought helped elevate it beyond, you know, that, that Sundancey trope. You know, it kind of had like a short-term 12 feel at times where it's like, mm-hmm. let's let's rally for this this guy who's who's going through shit right now. But I, I just thought like the I'm a sucker for the metal aesthetic. So like all the all the clothes he's wearing, although none of it's metal, it's all like gutter punk bands and stuff. But um just like the, the fucking <laughs> Intense drumming is awesome, and like his edgy energy was killer. And I, like I said, Olivia Cook, I've never seen her, and I thought she was super compelling. I almost got like a Andrea Riceborough and Mandy vibe from her haunting eyes, mm-hmm. and like like that that scene in the diner was almost freaky because she was freaking out, and like they were just freaking each other out uh, as they were trying to communicate. So um, yeah, I'm gonna give it. Three Bones, I thought it, it was like pretty much the definition of a good, solid movie. You know, it didn't, there were elements that could have blown me away, but but some of the drawbacks kind of brought it back down. But, you know, the acting and uh, Mr., I believe his name's Paul Racy or Rossi, Rachi or something, who, who played uh, the Halfway House guy, I think like he could be right. nominated potentially. There was just He's like great. great chemistry between the talent and the, the sound design made it fascinating. So... It was rewarding, but I really can't see myself ever returning to a movie like that. That's a good point. So that's three bones from Brother Dave. We got two and a half from Brother Lucas and two from Brother Bishke. You know, like I said, I was totally fine at the halfway house. (laughs) I was having a great time at the school. I loved watching his meddled out <laughs> Pete Davidson tattooed self playing with these kids and getting softened up a little bit. And 
when he went away to Paris, I didn't give a shit anymore. I'm just like, yeah, we know we all know he's going to be back. We all, you know, we all touched on how predictable it is. But you do kind of like to see him come to that conclusion. And it is a super satisfying ending when he finally takes off his his implants. And it's just sweet, sweet silence. And I've, I've also been going through that lately because I have <laughs> these kids that are homeschooling in their backyard, which is right outside my bedroom window. Mm. And they are up and they are out and they are living out loud. And sometimes I wish I at like 8 a.m. At dawn. At dawn. <laughs> it is it is guns at dawn. And I would love to take out my own implants during some of that shit. But so when he so when he takes out his implants, I'm just like I'm clapping. Uh, I'm like, yes, yes, my friend. And I could have used a little bit of you know, he's making these lovey dovey eyes at this teacher at the deaf school and you kind of sense that there's a future of some some regard there and i could have used a little hint at you know a little romance a little further romance there or maybe some like he he doesn't know if where his heart lies with his old girlfriend or this new prospect you know, I, I needed a little bit more plot to really, truly really lock me in there. But for what it is, I was captivated the entire time. And I got to give it three bones as well. Three solid, solid bones. Funny thing is that when I was watching it, I could, I could really probably go almost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half, de- depending. Yes. And so I kind of yep. settled on three as kind of like, well... There were moments that were like, bam, almost four stars or four bones, I should say. And then moments where I'm like, ooh, this is like kind of settling into a boring, predictable groove. So it kind of settled. The equilibrium was around three. It's like watching an audio meter go up and down and you got to find that that center spot. Yeah, I also think I would have given it more bones if it was shorter. I think it's at two hours. I was kind of like, damn, this is this is misery. There's a lot of there's a lot of misery here. And. And I feel like every scene was like the audition scene, but every scene was bad news. Like it was bad news, bad news, bad (laughs) news. That's Sound of Metal, y'all. Making the universal sign language, sign language for love and light. And uh, enjoy the silence, my friends. Like, 